Is it for real? We used to love it, then we watch it now. We don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You're listening to Is, is It For Real? This is Philip. And Katie. And Bridget. And this week on the pod, after our Halloween sandwich, much like we do, we are moving and sliding straight into Thanksgiving with this week's pick of Home for the Holidays, which was my pick. Um, so I'm going to explain uh, in in 10 seconds why I picked it. And then I think we have um, a lovely uh, repeat summarizer, which I'm very excited about. But essentially, I picked this movie because I was kind of charged to pick a Thanksgiving movie. And quite frankly, anytime anybody says Thanksgiving movie, this is the one and only movie that comes to my mind. Um, and it is set in and references a occasionally maybe never Baltimore um and uh currently we've kind of tipped the balance of our podcast and we have two of us in California and one in Baltimore so I also really liked the idea of watching a holiday film that was set in the city that I love Baltimore you so. two turncoats <laughs> you didn't Katie didn't you mean ham for the holidays ham for the holidays ham well yeah hon we do have uh, a repeat uh giver of summary this week <laughs> long time listener long time fan long time best friend sarah v she uh when i mentioned we were doing the movie this week she was very passionate about talking about this movie and she owns it on dvd and wants everybody oh to know that that's great she's a dvd player that's great that's um, fantastic and I, yeah and i'll get into that with my levels but um here's what sarah had to say about home for the holidays home for the holidays is one of my most favorite thanksgiving movies um it's probably one of the best and most uncomfortable holiday movies of the thanksgiving season it's a movie about adult children coming back to their parents' house for Thanksgiving. So it's about, you know, just families coming together to sit around the table and have those uncomfortable conversations that you have during the holidays with relatives you voluntarily choose not to see the rest of the year, but are somehow obligated to see them because it's a holiday. I really loved it and related to it because um, I felt I grew up in one of those families. You know, there's like a crazy aunt and uh, the dad saying inappropriate things and a conservative side of the family and a liberal side of the family. And um, I just really relate to a lot of the character dynamics. And also it was taped in Baltimore, which is where I grew up. So it always feels like home when I watch it. Okay, so in Home for the Holidays, it kind of focuses on Holly Hunter's character as the sibling that moved the furthest away from home and how she travels from Chicago back to Baltimore and has to stay in her parents' house in her childhood bedroom through the Thanksgiving weekend. And um, Robert Downey Jr., her brother, I think comes down from Massachusetts with a friend, with a male friend. And uh, which is actually a setup for his sister, Holly Hunter. And then their third sister is an actress whose name I don't know, but lives locally and is kind of 
uh, given the responsibility to take care of these aging parents who live in their row home in Baltimore uh, because she is the sibling that stayed behind and stayed local. And so they have to, like, Robert Dunney Jr. and Holly Hunter have to go and collect the aunt that lives in another neighborhood in Baltimore, and she's the crazy aunt that, like, gives random gifts to her niece and nephew, like a lamp from her living room. Um, And anyway, then they, like, walk through some football game, and the guest, Dylan McDermott, that Robert Dunney Jr. has brought is trying to flirt up Holly Hunter, and Holly's just not having it. And (laughs) so uh, they collect the aunt, and they go back to the parents' house where the cooking of the turkey and everything occurs and um, eventually when all the food's ready all the siblings uh, sit down at the table with the parents and they carve the turkey and that's when the uncomfortable conversations start and it gets into politics and money and uh, what family what siblings got away and what didn't and these little resentments pop up until there's an explosive argument and everybody leaves the table except for the crazy aunt and then it's just kind of how the night resolves and how family, how the family kind of comes back together. Meanwhile, little side note is how Dylan McDermott continues to pursue Holly Hunter and eventually a little romance develops between the two of them. And then the holiday weekend is over and everybody goes their own separate ways. Sarah V. That was in. a wonderful, a wonderful summary. I think she really loves this movie and I feel bad as the best friend that I I'll go right into my level which is that I've never seen this movie before and I'm sort of surprised uh, but my level is going to be triple d uh, and that's not my bra size um, it is the confusion I have uh, between three actors Dylan McDermott Dermot Mulroley, Dermot Mulroley. and David Duchovny and I don't know which is which uh, and I spent a lot of time during this movie trying to remember Dylan McDermott's name, even though I wrote it down. Um, yeah, I've never seen it before. And I was I was surprised. Um, and oof, we got a, lot, got a lot to say about it. <laughs> um, I'm going to give myself a Palace 9 level because I think in other podcasts I have claimed, like, I think I saw this in theater. But I know I saw this movie in the theater at Palace 9 in Columbia, Maryland with a mm, frenemy from high school and her parents who uh i'll leave that for after after chat for our um i'll leave it for our premiere (laughs) subscriber subscribers yeah i'll talk about that later but in general i do and i think what i mean my parents must have been there too and my sister and i i do remember being like kind of uncomfortable watching it because it's such a tense movie but then i remember all liking and i think we went to see it because we knew it had been filmed kind of in baltimore and I've probably, so anyway, it's been always, it was like, it really stuck with me. It was like always on my mind as a Thanksgiving movie. And then I must have seen it in the past decade, like once as a rewatch. So like, I was under no false illusions that this was um, some real upper holiday joy fest at all. Like I kind of knew what we were getting into with this movie, but I also have a lot to say about it. Uh, my level's easy. It'll be a, a concussion inside of a coma. I've never seen this movie i've never heard of this movie i am going in blind so <laughs> let's go um speaking of baltimore the movie starts in chicago which is actually baltimore, baltimore. yeah 
Here was, I had a note. I mean, we should mention that this movie was made in 1995 and directed, I believe the de- directorial debut of Jodie Foster. Yeah. Um, and I had a note like towards the end that was like, if you're going to make a movie about a city, like it's kind of problematic if you shoot all of the like fancy parts and call it one city, another city, and then shoot the unremarkable parts and like don't even mention that it's the city that you're filming. It was just like a really odd choice. And I do remember watching this with my parents and them being like in the theater being like that's BWI what are they doing like they go to BWI drop her off and then she like yeah so um I think the opening scene is filmed at the BMA I'm pretty sure yeah 100% is yeah like the the outer part totally is yeah the outer part and the inner part which is walking through with her boss with her boss okay we were we and my couch mate weren't sure if it was the bma or the walters on the inside but that's the bma on the inside no, it's, as well it's BM, bma because that's that courtyard and they still have those like frescoes or whatever it is on got the it. outside wall of that little atrium that's in there right. got and it. i believe the her boss is the one of the lawyers from my cousin my Vinny. cousin Vinny. Yeah. yes so good. I don't know what else he's from, but I, I really, he's like the stuttering lawyer. From yeah, he's been in a, a bunch of stuff, but that, the My Cousin Vinny is the only thing I can think of. So uh, good, very, yeah. Very long intro of Oof. Molly Hunter painting a tempura yeah. on a... Or like movie. touching it up, right? Like yeah, she's an art toucher-upper, which is such a 90s profession. I feel like one of the Friends cast members might as well have had that as their job, you yeah, know? Pretty much. I, also feel that it's like a i don't know first time directors that they like fall in love with a song which you could definitely tell that jody whatever yeah. it was like a cover song and i think jody foster root it sounded like Rusted. i don't know I, I don't know but it was like very specifically that you know she just loved that song and then just loved the idea of a yeah. you know picture uh fixer upper that has a better restoration yeah. fit the scene the song in the scene no that's why i think it's just like she loved that song and put it in there and it's like right. we're playing the whole song and that's why the scene was so yes long. so it takes forever and then we you know she gets fired pretty abruptly by this boss and then like is she on drugs or is she just like really sick like she acts so crazy um you know, like in that scene, she's just kind of out of it and then makes out with them, which you can't tell if like that's ever happened before. Like if there's yeah. chemistry well, there. She's, she's a 100% close talker. And I don't know if this is Jodie yeah. Foster's doing, but like every yeah. scene, everyone's yes. talking way too close to each other's <laughs> face. Yes, get out of their face. <laughs> oh, we, yes. we've got something to talk about later. <laughs> and especially for somebody who says they have a cold. Yeah. Stop what kissing everyone. What a crazy lens to watch this movie on during a pandemic. Cause you're like, how dare you get on a plane? Go, right. You don't even want to go. First of all, right. like we should talk about why she's going home. Like, what is she doing? But like, get everybody sick on the plane at your family's house. They're older. Like the mother maybe has cancer. I don't know. That's a whole different thing. No, I think thing it's too. the style thing. She just yeah. has bad hair. Yeah. It, that's a whole different. Yeah. But also um, she tells people after she like kisses them on the cheek. Yes. Right. She's like, I'm just dying. So yeah, I would be I'm dying. so mad about that. Like, I don't want a cold ever. And I don't want anybody with a cold to kiss. No. Me. And I'm hoping that we're headed towards a change with that kind of behavior. And here's the thing. Here's what I'll, um, well, I mean, I, I could save it for a dumber, but I think it will be other things um, to say as dumbers. But like Holly Hunter's fake sneeze is insufferable. If I had to, oh my gosh, the amount of times, and I know there are people that sneeze like this and it drives me crazy too, but like the up, the loud, 
whole body sneeze is yeah. um and you know that she's not sneezing so she's just acting like she's sneezing and what acting. a weird choice yeah anyway i didn't like it i wonder if other people feel as passionate as they do about identifying things in their city like i might have annoyed jeff a little bit just by being like that's bwi like that's 100 yeah. bwi green mountain cemetery airport 100 might, times yeah. like i was like really excited about it and probably yeah. It was like too much excitement. And like when they did the outside shot of the BMA, I was like seeing those like little row homes in the corner that are like, yeah. I was like, I like had a friend that lived on that street. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if other people get that I, kind of passion. hundred percent. I do. I was, so me and Annie watched this and well, we're I know about beyond excited. And but like other cities, do people get that passion? I don't know. Yeah. Cause I remember they, uh, I don't know if you know this, but they filmed the movie, uh, your mama wears combat boots in Columbus, Georgia. Is that a and movie? I thought that was just really an is. insult. No, oh. it, it, it was also, I think with Goldie Hawn or something like that. Oh. Um, but I mean, they, they filmed it on like in Fort, on Fort Benning. And so you would see things that were there and it just, you're like, wow, awesome, great. I think it's, it's universal. Speaking of which, Philip, are you going to go back to Georgia to cast a vote for the United States Senate? Uh, that would be fraud, okay. which they would find out pretty quickly and right. it wouldn't well, count. I just, we haven't talked since the election, so. So no, no, I, I voted here in, in Maryland. Um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Maryland, baby Claire Danes uh, drives yeah. Holly Hunter to the airport, BWI. Yeah. Um, where she tells her mom that she's going to have sex while she's gone with her, like, a, douchey lacrosse player, right. Towson boyfriend. Totally. Because they are in Baltimore, to be clear. They're supposed to be yeah. in Chicago, yeah. but that kid's in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, it was really unclear to me, too. This is part of why it's like, I don't know why Holly Hunter's going home for the holidays. Because, like, in what world, Claire Danes is 16. In what world are you just like, now nah, I'm going to hang back. You go to be with a family that you don't want to see who she doesn't even think that her favorite member of the family, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be there. So I, that was like a really loose, I, I didn't really understand that dynamic as to why Claire Danes was staying behind. It made it seem like they were just like roommates or something. Uh, to bone. Um... I guess. I will say, I know this fact from like random, I don't know if it's like an interview I heard with Claire Danes, but I think this was like the first, if not only meeting of like Claire Danes and Jodie Foster. And I know that Jodie Foster like convinced Claire Danes to make sure she gets an education and possibly go to Yale because they both went to Yale. So I feel like she was like a real, because she was also, you know, Jodie Foster was also like a childhood act, child actor. Anyway, yes. I've heard her talk about it before. Um, so this is where we get the first of nine seemingly unuseful title cards in the movie yeah flight uh, flying is the oh, first flying <laughs> flying yeah yeah so and then yeah. how oh go ahead go ahead uh, i was just gonna say i want this is it's based off a story and then it was a screenplay so i don't know if it was like oh, chapters in this story or whatever know that interesting i was gonna say that um holly hunter sits next to like this woman who's an extra in every um, katie are you on a construction site I don't know if you guys could hear that. You know, um, I think they're doing some tree trimming work in the neighborhood. And I am once again podcasting from the patio. So I can mute it if it continues. It's just authentic. It's good airport yeah. sound. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, Bridget, we should have an airplane sound for this movie. So much of this movie is centered around That is true. I'll open the door when we get the planes landing. Um, 
so yeah, that woman who I actually really enjoy, who's in the middle seat, oh, uh, who's yeah. talking to uh, Holly Hunter, is just in. She's just that person in every movie, just in like in life. But that that I mean, whatever. What a weird choice. But I really, it was very specific, and I really enjoyed that she had like her own fried chicken and her own hard boiled eggs and glass pepper uh, salt shaker. Ooh, I yeah. know. It is like, an interesting thing to remember, like, I guess you could bring that on a plane. I but- relate to that. I've eaten hard-boiled eggs in some not places where you don't want to eat that. But, like, protein. You got to have protein sometimes. And- yeah, but no stinky foods. You not know? on a plane. That's no. just not no, cool. No, no, no. And not in the my- middle seat. No. <sighs> Especially on Southwest, that irritates, like, or, or if yeah. you, like, pay for a middle seat, and I'm, then you're just, like, the worst like my favorite middle seat pays people, for a middle seat. You mean because it's cheaper? Yeah. But my oh, favorite gotcha. middle seat people come on. Like Isenix is one lady and I loved her so much. First of all, she was just like a petite lady and that's sizest of me, but for a middle seat it's always lovely. And yeah, then absolutely. Yeah. she like literally came in, she buckled her seatbelt, she put her hood on, crossed her arms and like yeah. did not move for 6 hours. <laughs> And I was like, I know. That's a pro. I, I think like ten percent of all Southwest flights are that is that woman. I because <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh. um, yeah. As somebody who is like, I think like shorter and like, I feel like people often want to sit next to me because they're anticipating I don't take up a lot of space. And I'm, so I'm always trying to make myself somehow. It's like, how can I look like I'm going to be the worst? <laughs> like, eh, eh, like, I don't know. Me and Annie one time did a whole thing of patty cake, like Miss Mary Mac across an, an aisle to make it, to make it look like you did not want to be. <laughs> in couldn't row. Break it up. Yeah. So we got an extra seat. It was great. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Mary Mac. Yeah. Um, just a couple of things at that airport at BWI while she was there. Um, I was enjoying the like payphone relics of all the people on the payphones mm-hmm. having conversations with their relatives. Um, and then Holly Hunter like gets to use the airplane telephone. How expensive was that? Like, I wrote that down too. That's an expensive phone call to your yeah. brother to say nothing. Yeah. Or to leave a message. Like, and then I was like, when did they take airplane telephones off? And like, how much were they used? Mm, good point. Probably like Don't, what, like 10 years ago they disappeared? I thought some planes still had them. Oh, really? I don't think I've seen one in a while. But can you make a phone call on a telephone, on an airplane, on your own phone? Uh, I don't... Did you like pay I, for I, it? I think so. I don't know. But you're like supposed to have your phone know. in airplane mode. Anyway, I'm like, well, that's a luxury from 1995 we'll never have again. <laughs> good point. Wow. We're moving backwards. Yeah. I did note as far as airplane differences or airport differences that um you know then her whole family is like right at the tarmac or whatever and i was just thinking how much time we save not having to do that oh my gosh (laughs) like the amount of to be able to just walk through the whole airport with somebody and like hug them at the gate and i remember doing that and like meeting friends and which is fun like you know there's like there's a perk to that actually i don't know this is so boring but annie um once somehow surprised me and didn't whatever our connecting flights ended up in the same airport and I didn't know that that was going to happen. So she was right at the gate when I got off, um, which is really, I mean, it was really fun. Like, cause you never know anybody when you're getting off that gate. It's like the wild west. You just want to get to the bathroom or bag- baggage claim or wherever. But um, so that part's a bummer, but in general, I think it's a real net gain that we don't have to deal with like all of these hellos and what and how and whatever, like just uh, get to the, get to the parking, pick me up and let's go. 
yeah, seeing everyone there and just Ugh. envisioning what the traffic jam of that would yes. be. And just, yes. I like to be as fish, efficient as possible getting off a plane. And uh, totally. I, I don't bump into people, but man, do what I just be ready to. When I get off a plane in Baltimore, though, I do look around. Like, oh, right. Because yeah. I frequently do see people I know in the Baltimore airport. Yeah. Randomly. And like, and more like maybe five times I've recognized somebody on like a Baltimore advertisement at the airport, like <laughs> come to Rusty Scupper. And like, That's there's like so a girl funny. I'm in high school with who's the waitress and like in the yeah. picture. Anyway, it's, it's just true. Like, it's a, a it is a small place. Like, yeah, city. it's just, biggest, biggest little city in the world. That's right. Okay, so um, they go to, they get in the car and, and Holly enters to wear the big pink coat, which is funny because in a couple of advertisements that I saw for this movie, she was wearing a big coat, but it wasn't pink. Oh, I don't know if that was an after effect. Like the big, the big coat was important for some reason, but like, and like her seeing that other guy in his car with his family, just everybody a, being like. That was a funny scene. Too. Yeah. Grownups in cars with our yes. parents. In the back seat. I mean, there is something about being in the back seat that like really solidifies your status in a family. It's like you're still a child, even though you're 35 or however old she's supposed to be. And we see the movie. first cigarette of three million. That's oh cool. gosh, I had a note of just all the smoking indoors. Ooh. That just oh my god. So and much indoor smoking. And you know that the coat she's wearing smells oh, so so much bad, like, like smoke. Um, some <laughs> sometime. Um, I guess maybe when like they get to the house, that's when Anne Bancroft asks her like, um, "What's what's the weather like in Chicago?" And like before she answers, I just wanted her to say, "I don't know" because I just came from Baltimore. <laughs> like I, was I did Chicago. like to imagine her just doing loops around BWI and then <laughs> yeah. coming back out the door again. Yeah, but that's where we get because I couldn't remember like where is she supposed to be coming from? I thought it was like Seattle for some reason, but yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Sarah mentioned that um, they lived in a row home, but they don't. They live in a... Oh, right. So what neighborhood do you think they live in? Well, they're pretty close to Memorial Stadium, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's sort of northeast-ish, like mm -hmm. north-central to north northeast. I was like, I almost thought it was Dave L. and Kelly L. Street for a second. I don't think they're so far from it. I know they're almost Roland Park, but it doesn't look nice enough to be Roland Park. No, I think it's farther east than that yeah like i'm trying to think of some of the names it's almost like um, charles villagey well i think area. the aunt lives in charles village right because she's in like one of those almost like able street houses like the painted lady house is close to yeah it. totally they might yeah well they drive by green mountain cemetery when they're right. going to get groceries or something like, something like that mm -hmm. so that's why i think it's just up there somewhere because they have detached houses up there right I have a question. So like, we know it's in Baltimore. I mean, that's partly why I picked it. And it's clearly filmed there the whole time. But like, do they ever say they're in Baltimore? Like, do they ever uh, mention it? I don't remember it, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's Memorial Stadium. Again, I was just right. like, saying too much to my seatmate. I was like every second of every- But like, there's so a lot of allusions to like, oh, you're back home and like in this town or something. But like, do they ever really say where they are? The brother at one point when he's leaving says we have like a uh, beer liquor thing in Salisbury. Yeah. Um, yep. But I don't remember Baltimore being mentioned. Um, also, the other Maryland. 
What's yeah, that? that's where they have to get. They have to get up so early in the morning to go. I guess they they work for like a liquor distributor or something. Re- oh. Restaurants or something like that. Yeah. Maybe they're meeting with Burley Oak. Could be. Yeah, yeah. I thought because they were driving back to. Okay. This okay. podcast uh, brought to you by I... Burley Oak Brewery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish, man. I would do it. Let's see. I think they live in like Bel Air, Edison. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. I do love the parents' kitchen in this house. I think it was just like really delightful. Different wallpaper on every single wall. Yeah. Which is exciting. Um, the, the parents are adorably, weirdly in love. One of my favorite lines there is wait till you see your father's organ. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that. funny. But then I had kind of a note about the organ. It's like, if you know how to play an organ and there's a piano someplace in that house. Because Dylan McDermott later is playing the piano, I'm pretty sure. I assumed it was the same thing with just the piano function. Tweaked I don't know if you can do that with organs. I don't but know. I don't know why. the If you can play the organ, that means you can play the piano. And I don't know why you play the organ. <laughs> it's just so bizarre to me. I ugh, What a weird instrument. Uh, my next question I wrote is, where did Holly Hunter get the weed she's smoking in her bathroom? Good question. Because she didn't have it on the plane, probably. Right. Maybe in her suitcase. It's a risk. Um, was it like maybe, in her childhood bedroom, like in a sock drawer? Yeah, that's my guess. Maybe. Just an old. An old. Like day. she's met up yeah. with friends before, and then just stockpiled stuff in. Or it's from her like parents. I don't. Either they can't smell, or they also oh, smoke weed because oh, right well i take that back because they've been smoking cigarettes in that been, house this whole time so i thought about that because i'm I, w- I was like there's no way they're not going to smell it and if they care this is going to be the next scene but yeah they were smoking so many cigarettes that maybe i mean like i think ann bancroft probably just can't smell anymore like she's right. just a just chain smoker to the max Oh, and before I forget, um, we didn't do it last time because it wasn't interesting. But this time, the uh, the German title for this movie is uh, I can't believe they had it in Germany. I can't believe yeah, they- <laughs> Familienfest und andere Schwer- Schwierigkeiten, which means family fest or party and other difficulties. <laughs> That's, That's perfect. A literal translation. That's amazing. I thought, Philip, you were going to also yes. mention that last week we didn't do Katie's boob corner. And oh, that's um, I thought oh, with Anne Bancroft just randomly taking her clothes off in her daughter's room. <laughs> well, yeah. and doing Why? a soliloquy from Dear, a- Dear Abby where he's like, did she memorize this? What is this? It felt like scene. it was like turning into the vagina monologues. Um, I really thought because it was clear that she was wearing a wig and then she was like taking her shirt off. I'm like, this is how we learned she had breast cancer. Like that's how it is. And I've seen this movie before. <laughs> and I like, I'm like, this is the scene that she has breast cancer. And then I'm like, Oh no, she's just stripping. And there, and then like the perspective of Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter is like yeah. under the covers and her eyes are like gazing at her mother's like cleavage. And like, I'm just going to say it. And Bancroft still incredibly fetching. Yeah. Yes. More please. Nice body. Yep. She's gorgeous. Okay. Well, well yeah. okay. Hold on. Yeah. But she's, <laughs> I think she, I think she is 62 she or good. something. She looks, very good. she looks great. But it's also like, yeah, it's just such a weird, there's, it's just it, so weird. There was a, th- this movie went on for a very long time where nothing really happened. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, but is that kind of like just commentary on like, 
sort of like everyday life and it's about nothing everything you know one of those kind of like it's a little mumblecore yeah it's very mumblecore except that it has a score like except it's like very also intensely musical but yeah it's like that yeah the plot that the pace is yes it's like art house mumblecore a little gross moment is where the dad like lifts up the pumpkin pie and like oh i did not uh, like it at all well, there's a lot of gross moments in this movie, like oh just random stuff that it's like, I never knew that I found that gross. <laughs> and like someone eating pumpkin pie, definitely someone uh, cutting up turkey. Oh, um, yeah. And there was like one or two other ones where it's just like- Where someone... she has the turkey drippings like in oh, yeah. her hair and on her body. Like how about I... like a sandwich, like a white bread sandwich makeout scene? Oh, that yeah. was revolting. That to gross me, me out Picking so somebody's bad. teeth. Oh, like screw you're off. so much white bread and turkey. Just that's jam- so disgusting. It, that is that was the most disgusting part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Including so, the homophobia. Um, I know we didn't even get into that. I mean, yet, we didn't but, even um, get into it. So it looks so <laughs> Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott, and Robert Downey Jr. roll up and yeah. And, and then did you guys wearing glasses like the nerds from 16 right it's like night it's like night <laughs> yes. vision which he doesn't need because the whole house is lit up but i like, was very much getting flashbacks to yeah um 16, 16 candles. candles um did you guys because i i knew well i don't know i knew that robert downey jr was the brother and i assume you guys did too but like did you i think we're meant to believe that these are like robbers I, no like i didn't i didn't pick up that it was the brother okay um, until after the sort of sexual assault. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, I knew that they were like, I assumed that they were like her friends right. is what I thought. They oh, were. okay. Yeah, they I were going to like, we're going to rescue got her it. and then they were going to go out or something like that. Got Second it. movie in a row featuring Polaroid. This podcast sponsored by Polaroid. Should be. There's a lot of movies with Polaroids. Capture the moments instantly. <laughs> Um, yes. So, like Phil says, I mean, like, sexual assault is not untrue. I mean, like, it, yeah, like she's sleeping in her underwear, and he just takes an unconsensual photo. Which we disgusting. then find that he then shows those photos to people. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's not the first time he's done it. Yeah. Yes. What? I mean, and this is his her favorite relative. <laughs> like by far her favorite. Like, I mean, my next note is. Robert Downey Jr. would be exhausting mm. to be around. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. He exhausted me a lot this entire movie. I mean, he's they not are, funny. Nothing he says or does is funny. It's just so annoying. <laughs> it's just ugh. It's impressive. It's impressive how much he doesn't give a shit, but it's very annoying. Yeah. Anyway. So we we hear we hear the first mentions of somebody named Jack but it's not clear who that is to him or what that's about. Yeah. Um, and we're introduced to Leo Fish, which I think is yeah. kind of cute. Yeah. called Leo Fish. Um, and- That's um, his name. Well, it's his name. There's just so much going on once Robert Downey Jr. got thrown into it that yeah, I almost I couldn't follow. Cause I was like, for a long time, I was like, I have no idea who Dermot McRoney is. I know that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> Dermot Mulroney. I mean, is who knows? 
Who Dylan knows? McDermott. Oh, Dylan McDermott. Oh my god. There was an, actually an SNL skit of like, which one is it between them two? And oh yeah. really? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Go- go- ever- okay. Listeners and Bridget, yep. but okay. not Katie. Google I don't this. I'm not welcome. No, it's a common thing. I mean, they have the exact. It's the same name. It's like a world word scramble of the same name. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Holly Hunter also gets like. First of all, she uses way too much shampoo in the shower. But right. Who puts the shampoo on in their eyes? I That's know. The whole point of a shower, my entire goal during taking a shower is to have shampoo not go in my eyes like that. I work so hard. I couldn't believe I she did that. And I don't have long hair, so I don't know of like how nope. yeah, you I was do this. Say. Instantly, I was like, the application of that just seems all wrong. Wrong. It's all wrong. <laughs> I know you do it. Um, yeah, it's like Aliens made a movie about taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with Philip that like that whole part where they're in the kitchen and they're just rambling and talking and it's too much. And and then they're just like rambling on and on outside of Memorial Stadium and oh, man. talking about boogers. And I just have no idea. Well, <laughs> well fun, not so fun fact is that um, I, re- I mean, if you look on the trivia for this movie, it's like five different facts, but apparently yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was using heroin throughout the whole movie. Which, and <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, um, which isn't, you know, what, um, I mean, everybody knows that he had like, you know, addiction issues, but he, sure. I guess like Jodie Foster like knew that. And at the end wrote him a letter saying you were brilliant in this movie. Thank you. But like, you can never ever do that again on a set, which was like, I was like, that's probably the way to handle it. But he seemed more like he was doing cocaine to me. I think he was overcompensating with cocaine. Cause it, yeah. Or right? there was other things in the mix, mix I assume. Um, yeah. It was, he was just impossible to follow. Those drugs in Baltimore. Possibly. Well, also they filmed all of the internal scenes in at the Warner brothers studio. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Filmed all the external scenes in Baltimore. So right, any right. Shots were in- right. Um, but then what you're saying is, is like they're driving around in his blue fast car, fast blue car, and go ahead. Where does he live? Boston. Okay, so I I missed that. Yeah. Thank. You. Okay. It's cool. Boston, but yeah, and so um, then he's telling this story, this insane story about his friend basically going to get something out of his nose and it's just like not funny not interesting it's gross but not even that gross yeah um it's just long Long. and yeah i checked out exciting or like it it just like told excitedly but then like and then he says something about like it looked like something that would come out of uh, holly hunter's uterus and then she gets so mad at that statement that she gets out of the car and starts walking near Greenmont Cemetery. And I'm like, is that like a miscarriage joke? Or is that just like a joke that like he in this movie, and there's another time that we'll talk about later is like his insults are just so they don't make any sense. Well, like, she, she seemed insulted, but then like not really because she was kind of fucking around with them. Yeah, like, so why is she getting out of the car? Like getting out of the car when it's moving is like a really big deal. I think, I think it's, it's just to show this like weird, screwy sibling relationship. Are they just yeah. in a bit? Like the whole, their whole relationship so, yeah. is a bit? Ugh, God, how exhausting. But I think yeah. that's how they've had to manage everything. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't see the parents as terrible no like can we agree that like these two people are the worst members of this family (laughs) like 
didn't really strike me as like bad parents or abusive Ooh. parents, especially I mean, we'll talk about it, but that whole like monologue with the dad at the end and you're like, sounded like he was trying to do nice things for them. But um, right. so oh, I will say on parenting, um, this is the only sort of like on screen or probably off screen time when a parent tries to convince their child to actually be an artist rather than getting like a well-paying yeah. job. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Good point. Yeah, like I, you know, it's like this whole eye roll trope of like, oh, home for the holidays and I can't even survive and I've been home 11 hours and I can't even handle them. It's like they've been nothing but very charming in love and just like wanting to know what you're up to. Like this is, I don't know who they're used to spending the holidays with, but I mean, the sister's a nightmare, but otherwise, like, yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, sister relationship is not. Uh, I mean, yeah. and you see little things like they have like the portrait of the son, like in the dining room. I guess that's supposed to be right. I don't know the- if I noticed. That's supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. I guess he was sort of like the prodigal son of sorts. And then he, you know, he went gay. Went gay. Yeah. (laughs) Went up gay. I, yeah, I mean, maybe that's enough to like throw the family off kilter. It was just like. Definitely issues with that. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't want to like. No, I mean, but I guess like what it's, it's just so interesting because, you know, well, we can get it. Well, I'm sure we'll get into like homophobia and stuff later, but like Jodie Foster was with a long-term partner when she directed this. So like she is a queer person directing this film. So like, I, you know, I think she's trying to make it progressive and display like family relationships, I guess, but it's like, why did you have to make the gay character a lunatic, an yeah. unlikable lunatic? But I don't think that's how we're supposed to feel about him. I think as an audience, we're like, what a fun brother uncle. And I'm like, ugh, get him away. Because they have, and we'll talk about, they have that call where he calls back to his friends and they seem all very normal. Oh and my it looks God. like the greatest yeah. Thanksgiving that you could go to. Yes. And it's like, I, I picture they would hate him there too. Oh yeah, I think yeah, exactly. They were like, yeah. "Where are you? Come here!" But then, like, secretly, like when they got off the phone, they were like, "Thank God he's not yeah. here." But that oh, yeah. Thanksgiving of those friends looked so fun. I was like, "That's where I want to be having Thanksgiving." There was a dog in the background. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, so they go to pick up. Well, th- there's a few other things, but like, just moving ahead, they go to Aunt Gladys' house. Uh, yeah is played by Charlie Chaplin's daughter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Geraldine Chaplin, which fun fact, does anybody know the Game of Thrones tie-in to that? Um, yes. She played the dragon. No, yeah, uh, close though. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't remember. Uh, so her daughter, Una Chaplin, played Talisa Stark. Rob Stark. Okay. Rob Stark, the one that Stop gets her. stabbed, stabbed, stabbed. Yeah, Red half Watch. Chilean, half Chaplin. Uh, huh. And if you want to take a real a deep cha-cha. dive, I yeah. took a real deep dive into the Chaplin family over the past 24 hours. And so to Lisa Stark, Una Chaplin stars in a, a lesbian movie called Hope and Anchor or something like that with the person that plays Tonks slash Osha from Game of Thrones. So if anybody okay. was shipping Osha and to Lisa Stark, you got your wish. What's and they're both more, Spanish. Well, Spanish speaking. One more Charlie Chaplin layer. Oh, that Robert Downey Jr. played right. Chaplin. And I think Geraldine Chaplin was... In, it, in the movie right? somehow i don't know what character but yeah. yeah she's like the oldest of like six kids by him what starting when he was like 60 it's kind of nuts huh 
Go. I encourage everyone to go. I thought you were going to say like 16 and then. Well, no, he has more. I'm sorry. He has like way more from other marriages. It's just like she, the family that he ended with was her. Oh, gotcha. The oldest. And he's like 60. He had kids earlier and then stopped and then had. They might total the 16. It's a lot. Wow. Busy, busy man. Yeah. That mustache. Um, She's. (laughs) She's just a quirky lady. And I then I'm like, okay, so I feel kind of like sad for her, but I also feel like she's living her best life in her house. She has a lot of plants. She farts in the car. That's funny. I thought that was funny. And I was looking down when this happened and my couch mate uh, nudged me and she, she's like, she farted. Uh, and then of course it became a scene. Um, I, like, then, I guess I just like people's reaction to it, but yeah. Yeah, and then uh, my couchmate also pointed out that she, the aunt reminded uh, me and also me of, um, or her and me, sorry, of the aunt from Bob's Burgers. Oh yeah, oh Gail. for sure, yeah. Gail. That's basically, that's basically the couple. Man, yeah. wait, it adds up. Like this family is Bob's Burgers in a way, like two daughters, a son that's probably gay. A working class family, a crazy aunt. Ooh, interesting. Anyway, yeah. we'll have to go. Yep. Ooh, interesting. Never seen Bob's Burgers. So I'll let you well, guys I, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. It's Tina wouldn't this... become the yeah, other that's... sister, though. Well, Tina is, because Holly Hunter's the oldest, right? No. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I assume because... she was the youngest. But Anne Bancroft says, like, my oldest and favorite daughter. I think Claudia is the oldest. I'm pretty sure. And then comes, oh. what's the sister's name? Um... I didn't get that vibe, but it's not the vibe. But I think it's <laughs> as somebody that's also often confused as the youngest <laughs> sibling, but is in fact the oldest. No, you're the youngest sibling. I assume <laughs> the one wearing the Mormon dress was the older one, but exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I only say that because at one point when Anne Bancroft is supporting her being an artist, she says, "I am so excited to see my oldest and favorite daughter, who's so talented in the arts and stuff." And she kind of goes on and on. Hmm. Um, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. So they they go back home and mom immediately wants her to go into the furnace room to meet with her. Also, there's a lot of ties, uh, things that are a little similar to, we were talking about at the Family Stone, which I actually love that movie a lot. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be an interesting rewatch too, I think. But uh, yeah, that that comes up if you like want to watch Home for the Holidays. It like, it's like, did you mean Family Stone? Right, because there's like a little bit of like the mom kind of poking her about a guy she used to date. And then like yeah. the furnace guy is the guy who's been in a hundred movies. I can't remember David Strait there. And I really like him. Now, was the mom trying to like set her up with this think, person or just yeah, sort of like. So. Oh yeah, I think so. And the mom doesn't get that he's the saddest person in the world. Nor that she lives in Chicago. Like, what's this going right. to turn out to? I think I it's mean, just like he, they used to know each other. And so they used the to date, right? Right. Maybe. And the mom thinks he's cute. So it's kind of like, oh, he is well, cute. Like, he's still around. And- I really like the bit. I mean, I loved the, the quick little improv game of what could be the saddest thing that this guy says next <laughs> and everybody just losing it. I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was very funny. Ugh. Um, and then the sister and Steve Gutenberg and the kids come. Love Steve Gutenberg. He's just the goot. He's 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 like an eighties dude. I just eighties you know, It's this is interesting. So I really like Steve Gutenberg as well, but I thought he was so miscast in this role. I was like, what did you I think, want? Um, you know, I don't I don't have like a um idea for who should have been, but I just felt like he 
was going against his instincts and just yeah. trying to be like very frowny face, like you serious. Could, you could see him like acting yeah. so much of just trying to be like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know who I would have. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Maybe I'll have it by the end. I don't know who I would have cast, but it just felt like I would have actually, I think he would have been a better Tommy. I think he would have maybe done it not so frenetic and been, I, I would love Steve Gutenberg as a brother. Hmm. Yeah. Not, that's like not a middle this of the guy. Road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So then uh, I just like, there was just like, a, the, the rest of this is all just like intense energy which ended with me writing oh my god these people are terrible so maybe maybe this is where the terribleness comes in but there's just like a lot of frantic yeah the whole dinner and like the dinner and the turkeys and the and like the cats in everything there's i was getting stressed out i was getting also like every in a dramatic family it is like every crazy thing that's ever happened at any Thanksgiving happens within an hour at this Thanksgiving table. And somebody, I think I wrote it down, like somebody thought they were doing a great job with like what is essentially an Altman scene. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Improv. It's just like, ugh, like, you know, Steve Gutenberg in particular is just finishing people's sent. He's just, he's just monologuing about like what I can, like doesn't make any sense um, about finance. And then people are like, back and forth and i think as an audience we're supposed to be like that's exactly like my family which like this just in not like my family <laughs> like i can't relate to this at all this seems terrible yeah this doesn't even seem like this family <laughs> you know yeah i know and then like aunt glady has that whole like thing about the time so sad which sad. yeah and i so i have a question from um Annie ICU, which I guess I'll just do now. Yeah. Which was like, the question was, why was the mother, why was Anne Bancroft not more upset upon discovering not only that like Aunt Gladie had kissed her husband at one point, but that she's now, she's harbored this like intense crush for 50 years. I have a thought about it. Go for it. Okay. I don't, I think um, Aunt Gladie has always been unique and different. Totally. She's not with anybody. Like, I think the mom doesn't care because she always maybe had to kind of take care of her sister. And like, almost like the, I don't think it was like a romantic kiss for the dad. I think it was like a sweet, I'm taking care of you little sister kiss, maybe. I don't know. He even does like, he does like a little, like little signal with his fingers. Like, eh, it was like a peck. It seemed like a peck on New Year's or a peck on Christmas Eve or something. And then you see like a little image. You see it. Yeah. My, go ahead, Phil. I was gonna say, I, I yeah, I just think the mom knew about the crush, um, and it probably wasn't the first time, right. you know, of growing up with, you know, this this sister in particular, and I I even probably think, I mean, with I actually didn't see the sign that he said a little one, but I wouldn't have been surprised if he had told her. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah so. right. I mean, I think like even as an audience, before you see the mom's reaction, you're like, "Uh oh, is this going to be this fight now?" And then it isn't. And like, I feel like what I couldn't decide with like after afterwards when they're in that pantry and she lists, you know, one of the sarcastic reasons that things aren't good at Thanksgiving or things are great is that her sister's losing her mind, which is like, is she declining? Is she becoming less functional? And if so, it's weird to have Claudia, Helen. Helen Hunt, uh, Holly Hunter, uh, Helen Hunt, Holly Hunter, and Robert Downey Jr. like egg on the ants. Like, no, no, we need to hear this. And it's like, 
you guys are such assholes. <laughs> like, yeah. The aunt is, this is like kind of sad and you're not going to support her. So like, you're just going to, it was just felt like really exploitative. And there's enough other entertainment yeah. at that. It's like, you didn't need that plot line at totally. that Thanksgiving table. You're about Absolutely. to dump a turkey on your sister. Yeah, so do you think like in 50 years of sharing Thanksgiving, this is the first time this has come up? It's like, it's just so odd. There's I mean, so she, go ahead. I was just going to say she was downing drinks, the, the aunt was. So I don't know if that was like, she decided that this was the year she was going to get drunk and say it. Maybe. Or if that was like the huge, my guess, I sort of think it's that, that she finally built up the nerve to say this thing that everyone probably already knew. Um, yeah. I did. I mean, we kind of went past it, but I did enjoy that she was like doing that like insane song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I did too. But also like... Um, that, end, that ended on like an un incomplete note and they're all like, ooh, when she was okay. singing the prayer. Oh, it was yeah. so good. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, and like there was some weird editing in this because like she was asleep for part of the yeah. dinner, but then they would cut back to her and she'd be like wide awake and cutting turkey. So I don't know if it was like they had two giant turkeys at their table for the amount of people they had. And no, nobody knows how to cut it properly. Well, um, there was some explanation of like, was one like a fake turkey? Somebody was bringing a bird, some kind of bird, a, like a turkey. No, no, it wasn't like a turducken, but there was something that's like, oh, she's going to bring her bird and I'm going to bring mine. And we can't see eye to eye. And I don't, I don't know who brought the second one. I my guess remember. is just the sister. Joanne. Is sister. Joanne. Yeah. But to your point, Phil, earlier, like this is, I have a note that's like, is it truly this hard to cut a turkey? Like it, the way that they were doing it, like well, just, it was insane. At one point, the dad had the back side of the knife cutting it. Um, oh. My, my guess it was just, he was doing that as an actor because they were doing so many takes oh, of just- That's funny. The same bird there, you know. Um, yeah, it was just the way that Robert Downey Jr. was cutting it was like, I mean, I was like worried. It was like, somebody oh. get the knife away from Robert Downey Jr. This is insane. I thought someone was going to get stabbed or like oh, lose yeah. a finger. Oh, and yeah, that was going to be, knife. I was just, because like, yeah. both sides of the table, they were just sort of like gesticulating and having conversations and, you know, cutting these things while all these gross noises are coming on. And, uh. and did, then, he, did he fake flip the turkey or did he mean to flip the turkey? I think it was an I accident. I think it was an accident. And then her reaction is bananas. It's insane. Yells <laughs> yeah. cocksucker at the top of cocksucker her Cocksucker twice in front of her kids that yeah. she's apparently so precious about. It doesn't. About that one daughter though. Woo, that uh. Yeah, she's kind of in a lot of stuff too. She plays annoying ten-year-old real well. But then they pick the turkey up so it drips all over her. Like there's no way to even like. I bet that that was even hard to film because that is such an improbable way to right. pick it up, where to put it, and to have it drip on your head. That it's just yeah, that's just absurd. Now that may have been on purpose. Um, Maybe, but that's that was like the father and Holly Hunter, right? Maybe. Maybe it was on purpose. And yeah. then and then the sister is so mad that she outs Tommy for being Oh my god. Oh uh, my goodness. Yeah. Because they have and... mutual friends in Boston that happen to see. <laughs> here's what doesn't here's what doesn't make any sense. Me and Annie talked a lot about this. Like without social media, this is this is something where it's like, did they predict social media? Because this doesn't make any sense right. without yeah. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or something. So it's like 
the the probability that she has so the whole premise is like and uh, sorry in watching this as a kid i remember being really uncomfortable at this part and also like but not thinking that she was as bananas as she is like maybe thinking like i guess you would be embarrassed because in 1995 like gay marriage wasn't really a thing at all like it was so symbolic like there was i don't even think i don't even know if states had unions so this was something that was like very yeah these kind of ceremonies were just starting to happen and they were very like symbolic right um but the idea that she would have friends in boston so she's so embarrassed because they've and that her friends like and later we see it like in the video there's 10 people on that beach which is a public beach though it was a public beach which like this just into like is not in boston but like there's like yeah her friends would have to be at the beach that day, recognize them, and tell her and no one else for months and months. Like the idea that not, Joanne not knows, and if yeah, and like if her friends were at the wedding or if they knew about it, it wouldn't be a problem. It's just right. such a crazy thing. Anyway, yes, yeah, because it, it and it very much seemed that the problem wasn't that he was gay, like because that seemed just so. It's out in like not closet. talked about, but fine. And but the marriage were, yeah. thing. Yeah, the mom is upset and she leaves saying Tommy's somebody's wife, and they get very right. bogged down in that. Yeah, is- it's it's rough. It's unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, so this was also like Annie ICU's thought of like, is this part for real? And I think you know, like it doesn't necessarily change how like if you look at a character like Jake Ryan, that's like he's supposed to be the good guy protagonist, but he's also, he's an assaulter. So like, it doesn't square. Like this sister is supposed to be uptight and ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, she's an uptight, ridiculous homophobe still. But I, so I do think that like at this point in 95, maybe the marriage is just like such a mind blow that like, I don't know. It's hard to remember. It's like, do people just not even know what that would be? Like it's no, cause Holly Hunter doesn't correct her when she says she, he's somebody's wife, like he should have, she should have said right. like he's someone's husband and Jack's his husband, you know, but like yeah. she doesn't even have the vocabulary. It's, it, I think it's hard to sort of look that far into the past and see where my headspace would have been right. seeing that or, you know, whether like seeing that on film or like being at a table where that's said, because it just seems, yeah. like I just said, so ridiculous now. Yeah. Hey, I, and Jodie like Foster's. Yeah, and Jodie Foster's the director. And as a kid watching it, like I remember being really uncomfortable, but it did seem like a big deal to have a gay character that that is supposed to be likable, I think, but is one of the worst characters in the movie. But even so. in 1995, I think in the gay community, there's, I mean, I don't know this for sure. So, but I mean, I just don't think a lot yeah. of people have the same language we do today to talk about. It's like commitment ceremonies. Well, yeah. Also, marriage, yeah. And this is sort of a bigger thing in the movie. It's like he didn't tell Holly Hunter, which is kind of crazy. That's what I was gonna say. So which Holly Hunter's my reaction mind. is like, I think she was surprised. She thought they had broken up. She right. was still convinced almost at this point too that she thought that Dylan. Oh yeah. Rolney, Rolney, whatever. Dylan McRolney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she was there fully for, for him. Yes. Yeah. So until that moment, and then. Robert Downey Jr.'s retort to this is so bizarre is to like imply that Joanne was come from a baboon family and everybody acts like this is the craziest insult. It's like, you better shut, you better shut up. <laughs> like, it's like, well, she just called him a cocksucker. And like out of it, it was just like, it was such a weird retort. Like that's what, like the stakes don't seem 
Right. I don't understand. I didn't understand that insult. Or, or that I it was even either. like witty or anything like that. It and wasn't. I didn't get, you know, like it's a sick burn that's really going to tip her over the. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like that's what he called her when he was five and it got her goat then and because you can always do that sort of thing between siblings it's that same button works right day. but that needed more exposition because like i yeah. barely know this woman and i could have sick burned her a lot worse yeah <laughs> like i know her triggers are you kidding me i wrote like, down that robert Downey jr said you're a pain in the ass you have bad hair but i like you a lot who did he say that to and bancroft mom. oh okay. yeah um yeah it there's th like i said this whole section i i think it's the meal itself and maybe it's sort of like the, the point of no return basically right in the in the movie and it's interesting you say that about the mother because like there is a sweet like i can totally get you know the mother's kind of more upset about the marriage because he didn't take photos you know and like the father eventually congratulates jack on the phone like the parents are you know they're not like wearing rainbow flags but they're pretty like wanted to know what was yeah happening. they're no they're pretty cool with it it's just like the sister is like it's just a little a little much it's like god like do we need to do we need to do this in this movie my next yeah. my next note is why is the dad washing the car well that's it's made uh, later she says something like dad has to wash the car of everybody in the neighborhood i don't know if that's his like tick like, i think it it's seems like thing. it's like a compulsive yeah, yeah. So even it is on weird, Thanksgiving, though. even while all those people are there, even in November. Because he's, he's not just washing his car. He's also washing, like, the sister's car. Yeah, because oh. Steve Gutenberg, like, drives away with, like, a soapy car oh, with, like, right. sponges. Yeah. Okay. It's, like, everybody's. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd. So this is where we kind of go on, like, a little tangent. Um, then there's, like, a we get the call from Claire Danes. We learn she didn't have sex with her. <laughs> harassing boyfriend. 13 year old creepy i was like is that the like younger brother of the boyfriend but no it was the boyfriend and like, just yeah what dance you can do better than that yeah oh yeah sure. and but then she's there's pretty like, like she's pretty good actually that's what family stone shares claire danes as like an aloof side character that's and cool. family stone has dermot mulroney whoa <laughs> it does have dermot mulroney yeah how nuts but Claire Danes is and kind a mom of in a different... who actually does have cancer. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Claire Danes and Holly Hunter are kind of in different movies in this, in, in a sense. Like, like Claire Danes is. I, I feel like playing it pretty cool. Like I like Claire Danes. I would have liked to see more of her. But yeah, she also, makes the right decision. Also, in if you haven't looked this up, this will be the quiz for you. How? What's the difference in age between Holly Hunter and Claire Danes? Ooh. It's early in the movie. I think uh, Nora was like, they look exactly the same age. Oh. Um, they were in there together, which I agree, yeah. Well, Holly Hunter in the movie is supposed to be in her late 30s. Yeah, I think so. And Holly, I actually, I do know that Holly Hunter in this movie is like 36 or something, but I don't know how old Claire Danes is. So, like, is it like a... I would think that Claire Danes in this movie, because actually, I'm going to go Although off of Jodie Foster. I only Foster. know their age difference so okay well i'm gonna think that she was around the time of going to college if jodie foster influenced her so i'm gonna say claire danes is 18 do they have an 18 year age difference bridget i'm gonna say they have a 16 year age difference 21 whoa interesting okay so, so they're playing they're playing it pretty true yeah interesting yeah. um 
Uh, fun fact about age. How old do you think Geraldine Chaplin is in this movie? When she I have no movie? idea. She looks old, young. I have no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I agree with Brit. It's old, young. I would say, I fifty-one. Oh, I was gonna say like forty-three. I had no idea. She's. Oh wow. Well, okay. Um, so she's fifty. Eighty-seven. I yeah. thought she was eighty-seven. <laughs> That's what I mean. She looks old. Yeah, well, she's was... 50, and then I, I was sure she was dead because I looked her up, and I'm like, wait, she's like 73 now? I don't understand because I totally thought she was like 75. But I guess they really do. They make her up. To look I think even the dad they made to look older mm-hmm. than he is because he's he looked that same him. age in yeah. like more recent movies. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so there's like a whole thing where Dylan McDermott and <laughs> Holly Hunter are at a burger restaurant getting coffee. Yeah. I wish they would have gone to like sip and bite or something. They went to like kind of not into their whole relationship. At I all. was sort of bored with it as well. Don't oh, yeah. Care. Um, but then there's like this pretty intense scene where they go to drop the Tupperware and the leftovers off at the sister. In the jazzercise room. Why do they go? Why do they do that? To because drop off food. Because they, they left in a huff. Yeah, they left in a hurry and the uh, mom wants to make sure. And the sister's like, they have this whole thing and she's sweaty, which I just kind of imagine is just the turkey grease like sweating. Under uh-huh. I know, it does look disgusting. And she says like, and this is Sarah remembers this a lot, but that's what she was telling me that the sister's like, we wouldn't even be friends like if I met you on the street. You, yeah, if you gave no. me your number, I'd throw it away. Yeah. Which is just weird. If a stranger came up to me and gave me their number, I'd be like, we should hang out. But <laughs> yeah. basically, like, you know, the know. fact that, like, we are only talking to each other because we're related. Other than that, I want nothing to do with you. That's pretty mean. This is I don't know why. She's but she should just said Dodoy. We don't like you. Yeah, that's not news, man. She kind of did. She was like, well, you don't have to like me because we're family. <laughs> no, that's your Jodie Foster. <laughs> it's the same, man. That's what I was like noticing this movie. It's like, I think Holly Hunter's doing a Jodie Foster impression. But yeah, it is my Jodie Foster. I got to work on the distinction. And then I wrote Holly Hunter and Dylan McD make out over turkey sandwich. Gag. <laughs> Disgusting. I don't Just know how like, they're still hungry. You hear those like stories that are also disgusting where people like swap gum. And this yeah. is even worse because it's like oh, swapping a turkey sandwich. Yeah, gum at least is like kind gum of gum like sharing is gross. Like, no, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but it's like, like it's not it's less gross than swapping a turkey sandwich. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll have more to say about Dr. Dermot. Wait, Dylan McDermott. Dermot McDermott. Aging Dr. Mulroney. Mulroney, Um, in this movie, but like. So actually, I'm curious, did you guys think, because like I knew this, I knew the whole plot, right? So I know that for some reason, Robert Downey Jr. is being withholding about Jack and it's confusing and that he's invited him here to be her date. But like, did you guys think they were together? Like, did you see Dylan, Dylan McDermott like hitting on Holly Hunter the whole time? Or did you think he was just like a gregarious boyfriend? Both. Yeah. I thought, like it very much at first, I thought... My guess was like he and the other boyfriend were still together, but this was sort of like a oh, like boy a toy, whatever. Oh, and but I also was thinking that it's it was a fling that could also sw- switch over to Holly Hunter. Was what oh, I was sort of seeing. Interesting. Okay. I think he was like bye bye. Yeah, that's yeah. 
I, I kind of thought that for a hot gif, but then I was like, this is 1995. Yeah, to right. have a gay character, like an outright gay character, but then to have a bi character, like that's not. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. probably not the case. Yeah. If I'd thought about it long enough, I probably would have, but I didn't. Because in rewatching this, it was an interesting rewatch because I know the whole time that he's been inviting there to pers- invited there to pursue Holly Hunter and the entitlement of that is insane like if you you know what i mean like if you go to a thanksgiving to hit on someone's sister and then she's kind of rejecting you and then you're like pursuing like you're owed it it's such a weird rewatching it was like ugh, yeah. what an ass anyway. yeah because there was some confusion on our side of just what whether he was pursuing like this long-term relationship or just a hookup i was definitely thinking that he all he wanted to do was sort of hook up um and then I think Nora had said that, well, he, he said, you know, maybe we can make this, you know, long distance thing work. And I was like, that's exactly what someone who wants to hook up with someone's random sister yeah. on Thanksgiving would say. So, you know. Yeah, totally. So the, Dylan and, and uh, what's his brother leave in the morning in the snow, in the Thanksgiving Baltimore snow. And um, then... Uh, then we end up in the basement, in which I imagine is probably like really cold. Like I don't know any unfinished basements that are warm. But the yeah, I thought about that too. There, and there's like all these birds in their basement in like cages. I'm like those birds have to be cold too. Um, and that's he's got all his films, and he's like watching that, and it's I guess it's supposed to be some metaphor of like you know trying to hold on to memories and or whatnot. I don't know. I was sort of dragging at this point in the movie <laughs> that's a little bit like national lampoon's christmas vacation with the dad like reminiscing on like looking at the films um but then the dad like gets this airport story kicking in his life and it was talking about how that's the best 10 seconds of his whole life and it couldn't be the only time they were on the tarmac either it's Which, kind of weird i was very confused and i i know the answer now but i couldn't figure it out whether he was a pilot or he was worked as a sort of grounds crew. I know the answer like is grounds, grounds crew. crew. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I kind of missed that. So that's why he was able to be there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Holly Hunter like leaves and the parents are sad. And then she's on the plane and then Dylan McDermott shows up. There's nobody on the plane. Yeah. He has a whole thing of OJ because that happens all the time around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, right? I was like, "How is there nobody on this airplane with them right now?" It's yeah, Friday after Thanksgiving. They yeah, ran right. out of money for extras. Right, I know. Um, and you and, don't just get to like select your seat. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I know. And it's like he's going to sit across from her, but then he ends up sitting next to her, and like they played Miss Mary Mac across the aisle. To try- <laughs> <laughs> That's what cleared out the whole flight. totally Um, and then yeah then we kind of get in this series of flashbacks flash forward but they're all flashbacks right all flashbacks yeah yeah so we have the airplane taking off with the family we have grandma and grandpa dancing together at a bowling alley just cute we have robert or we have robert jr with his husband and those awesome friends again who I want to hang out with. Yeah, they do like a clam bake or something. It's kind of fun. Looked cool. I assumed, uh, now I guess that could be in just a, in Boston. I was thinking it was sort of a, yeah, a crab. I know, oil. like a Maryland thing. I mean, um, I don't, 
But I, I, I forget I that Boston's on. Yeah. Maybe it's Cape Cod. I can't. I can't say that that's super. Um, I would think that it would be like Revere or something, but I'm like, mm, I don't know where this is. But it just looked a little too. It looked a little too rugged coast for Boston. <laughs> zoom <go>. tight. <laughs> um, and uh, we see Steve Gutenberg and Joanne moving into like their first house, maybe. The- yeah, I mean, it was good to get. I mean, as corny or or random as that ending is, like, I do like the premise of like the father basically says like, I wish I had it all on tape. And like, it is interesting to think of like, yeah, like you actually, I was just talking about this the other day of like, my father had a camcorder and he would tape all of the holidays. So we have Mm -hmm. a million Christmases and Easter's and Thanksgiving's, but like none of the like life moments that you kind of remember, but you would like actually like to have. So I did enjoy that premise. I like the, the premise of having like the special little moments on tape. And so it was nice to see the sister in a more playful mode. Cause otherwise you're like, why is this person in and existence? Side note, after you finish listening to all of our podcasts, there's a fascinating uh, radio lab about this guy who records all of his, co- like everything in his life, like audio records. Ooh, it's just Google it. It's, it's cool. Interesting. Okay, we'll do. Uh, and then the grandpa kisses Aunt Gladdy with his little ticklish little toothbrush <laughs> mustache. Oh, that really grosses me out too. The way she said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she she went into detail. She she very much has some like Tina Belcher style like notebooks of <laughs> fan fiction. Totally. Um, totally. Uh, and then I think it's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. movie kind of begins and ends with a flight. And that's home for the holidays. So we'll we'll go into the the questions we still have lingering that we haven't answered. Is that do I have it yeah. right this time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sweet. yeah. Nice work. Um, I I do have one. Um, go for it. Okay. It so me and or Nora and I had the same reaction in one scene, and it was while uh, Holly Hunter and Robert De Niro were having. Or not Robert, uh, Robert Downey Jr. You saw that uh, was the director's cut, alternate yeah. ending. Uh, where they're having a late night snack and they go to either take a bite at the same time or like hug. And we were both like, oh my God, they're going to make out. Oh. And it was, I, we were I just wondering if, if it if it was intentional, that it was sort of a fake out for that or what the deal was. Cause it was just like, it really looked, or it may be going back to Bridget's whole thing of like, they're close talkers, but they both like turn to each other and like lean in at the same time. And it really looked like they were going to kiss. And it was just I like, mean, I could see like, I mean, I, I, I may have had some kisses with some of my gay male friends in the past. But you not know, your brother. But, but not, not my brother. brother. So I was going right. to say is like it almost feels like they're friends. <laughs> yeah, it's it not... is interesting. Right. I don't know. It's okay. just, I, I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Yes, it is like she is an artsy, like Chicagoite, Chicagoan with a fun gay friend. Like they act a lot. Yeah, more like that than brother and sister in a way. Right. So that that is what like that chemistry is conjuring at that moment. And but also, then, I guess, like, oh, go for it. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, like you said in the beginning, like everybody is such a close talker in this movie. Like everybody's just in each other's faces the whole time. Um, Dylan McDermott, too. Just like, get out of people's faces. Anyway. 
But also, I was going to say that was that's her move with like her boss when she got fired was to kiss. So I don't know if that's like her default, close. like a possum right. plays dead. Uh, <laughs> Holly Hunter in this just kisses something. Kisses, yeah, totally. Even I, though she has a cold. Ugh, I know. Which she'll right. tell you right after the makeout session. Thanks, Holly Hunter. Yeah, McDermott McDolly definitely has a cold now. <laughs> um. Well, Annie had another question that was basically, it was more of a comment that we summarized into a question that was basically like, do we think that Holly Hunter, is she going through kind of a life crisis? Like, is this a big deal? Is she out of sorts? Or is this kind of how she is all the time? I think Annie was like, she wasn't sure how to feel about about her escapades. Like, like if this is her or is she truly having just a terrible year? I get the feeling that like she's she's been having a time of it her whole life. And I hope that the movie is not implying that like Dylan McDermott is gonna, did I get it right? Yes. Yeah, good job. Is gonna fix her or something. You know what I mean? Like she's been single and batty and just she doesn't have a job, but like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, does he really like her? Because like his whole thing is like, he became like fascinated by looking at like pictures of her in her underwear that her brother took. It I don't seems know. like an obsession or an entitled in the shower. obsession. You know. right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the point where like she meets up with when she's walking in the car. She gets out of the car and she meets up with like I know. the homecoming uh, yeah. game. Yeah. Which I, I didn't really like... I didn't understand why that was such a terrible interaction. I was like, she's just like catching up. Like, I don't know. It just seemed weird. The other girl was throwing some was. shade at her of just yeah. like, Oh, you're divorced. Having, having divorced. I guess yeah. you're right. I think I expected, I think from John Hughes movies, I expect it to lay on pretty thick. (laughs) She's being a little too subtle for me, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Any other questions from our loving fans? The only other one I had was just, and I think we talked about it a little bit of just why the mom did a striptease in front of her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to show off her rad body. Yeah. That's why I think. Uh, is it time for Hummers, Bombers, Hummers and Dummers? Yeah. Let's do it. What's dumb to you guys in this movie? I have a specific dumber. Well, okay. my specific dumber falls under my umbrella dumber that is Dylan McDermott. Um, <laughs> and his whole, I don't think this movie needs that character. I mean, whatever. There's a lot about this movie, but I just, in the rewatch, like I said, I'm like, this guy is such a jerk and so entitled, but specifically, um, uh, I think it's when they're outside the coffee. Oh my gosh. When he goes into that coffee shop and he's like, you just don't understand what it's like to be in love. And like, now that you think that you are going to get every, and this poor guy's like, we're closed, man. And it's like, if somebody acted like that, he's acting like a psycho that's going to hurt people in that coffee shop. But then he comes out and he gives this monologue that is the most batshit. Like, it's about how in California at stoplights, people put birds in your car. And then oh, in Sweden, yeah. something else is happening in Sweden. And like, then don't we want to? It's like, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if it's Jodie Foster. I don't know who wrote the screenplay <laughs> for that. It reminds me a little bit of like Timothy Hutton's character in Beautiful Girls, if you guys have ever seen that movie, which is a better movie. But like, he's supposed to be this like romantic, attractive poet, and he's such a douchebag. Um, and so that specific monologue and how we're supposed to like think he's this charming. I don't know, like Ethan Hawke from Reality Bites character. And I'm like, swing yeah. and a miss. I can't handle this guy. So that's my dumber. Uh, my dumber will be just, 
their makeout strategy at the end that they decide to do it on this couch in their parents' house where the, you've got a loose uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. In the house. Who Which just, is dangerous. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's very dangerous. They could have done it in the car. They had a whole bedroom upstairs. I know she was like, this is my childhood bedroom, but like there's a basement. It, like there's so many other options than, I don't know. Here's my question. And a, a, a question dumber with that. Yeah. Is that if it's, if it's Holly Hunter's childhood bedroom, where did the other two kids sleep in that house? Why aren't there more bedrooms in that house? You know what I mean? That is a good point. There have to be more, right. So is there only one bedroom for Claudia and Robert Downey Jr. has to sleep on a couch downstairs? That's a really good question. I don't know. And or maybe the mom has just like filled it with stuff. That's what I thought. It's the like basement a- maybe? If it was a finished basement and that was one of the bedrooms. I could have seen maybe that be the brothers. Basement. It had birds in it birds but they were pet birds it had pet birds in it i don't know i'm thinking about dumber right there okay bummers oh we know bridget bridget's gotta dumb it out i'm sorry (laughs) i i think the whole fight that kind of took place between the guys when they were playing that like (laughs) dumb football game it was like they were in the front (laughs) the dad washing the car i'm like I'm like, oh, they have to play football because it's Thanksgiving. And then like none of them clearly are like athletes. And then they get into like a weird fight about it. Just the field is 10 feet long. That would be the most frustrating game of anything that's ever been played. How did they get to 85 points of anything already? (laughs) And then like the neighbors are like watching from the street and stuff. And I'm like, especially in the neighbor's yard out just doing like watching them like they've they've got their own stuff yeah um and jeff and i were talking about the statistic about how like the emergency room is like always the biggest on thanksgiving or the like yeah yeah because people like do things like play football like when they shouldn't and they've already like they like go out and wash their car so anyway i just think that that was like a dumb little moment there I know it's like they had to do a checklist of like oh it's got to be like footballs and sweaters and like at some point yeah totally Although we would always play football after eating or before eating for thanksgiving it was we had a little we had a little bit of that too but yeah this family doesn't get it like they need to go they're right near like memorial stadium like they're right near the hopkins field just like go yeah, you somewhere can find else. a better space. or why mandel you we know where they are they should just go to a park and do it um I start with my bummer. Yeah. I am bummed out that they, that Jodie Foster missed the opportunity to do a little love letter to Baltimore. Like why did they film it in Baltimore and yeah. not shout out Baltimore? Right. Like I love, I, I think if you're from there and you know, those places, it's like a secret love letter maybe, but like they thank the Maryland film consortium and all these things. And it's like, Oh, I didn't even notice that. I stayed till the end. Cause I was like looking at all the like, Maryland um yeah people that were involved in it the only person whose name I recognize is Pat Moran who's like been forever and ever and ever the only casting director in Baltimore yeah totally um but I was like yeah like come on like just and may, I'm like why couldn't they like give a shout out to Baltimore and because I was also it- thinking that so many scenes were shot indoors and I was like oh is this like a play just because it seemed mm. You know, right. very dialogue-y, but it was like they could have had some of these scenes outdoors in front of, as you said, like some sort of landmark or, or just some sort Cafe of very or stereotypical 
scene because uh, they had the one scene with like the marching band and the football yeah. which I couldn't place what team it was uh this this was a year or two before the ravens came to yeah. town and it wasn't morgan state's colors i, I could i couldn't place it, it must have been high school or something i think yeah. it was supposed to be high school i think i saw some maryland like general maybe college park stuff uh david there and says something like go panthers i'm like who are the panthers yeah he did say go panthers. like there's no way it's not the carolina panthers and it wouldn't make any sense anyway but they weren't a team yet and then it was like there's no like i would say that would so i agree with you where it's like a really missed opportunity it's like it should be like go cardinals or like some kind of local team the panthers yeah. like aren't one and i think my question more like my question is just why baltimore like why did she choose it if she had no consultant on it and i don't know if it was just like we need a working class city that's yeah. kind of what i think and like it's that a bummer though and and i looked her up and like she was born in los angeles like via chicago so she like seems like she maybe knows chicago which wasn't like you know demonstrated in this movie either but i was like is she from i kind of thought that maybe she's from virginia or west virginia but i think i'm thinking about her character from silence of the lambs i'm like maybe she's like <laughs> close enough now. to baltimore <laughs> oh too yeah totally she knows yeah she knows about as much of as much about baltimore as nell probably does <laughs> uh my bummer is quick and it's the amount of times that uh people peel out in that fucking car and it's just that's <laughs> All the neighbors must hate them, not oh. because of like their antics and what a jerk. arguments, but just of like the constant peeling out oh of God. that car. It's just, uh, it's so annoying. I hate yeah, it. I, hate it. I hated it driving past her when she was talking to her friend on the street. I, I don't like that anyway. I hate loud car noises, Ugh. but it was like really irritating me in this film too. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is like if obnoxiousness was embodied, <laughs> like that's what it is in this movie. Um, my bummer is very specific where I was kind of bummed that Holly Hunter didn't even bother to say goodbye to Tommy slash Robert Downey Jr. in the morning. Like she never sees him, apparently. She loves him. They're not, who knows when they'll see each other again. He's driving to Salisbury and then back to Boston and she's going back to Chicago. Just like she's up and watching his car go away. Like go down yeah. and say bye. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Just bummer. There's some weird dynamic that's there, I guess. I, I don't know. It was so they could have that later airplane scene because if she had said bye to them, then the airplane scene wouldn't have I know. mattered. <laughs> it complicates it. I was thinking about the line that Anne Bancroft says, which is like um, to Robert Downey Jr. after she finds out he's married. It's like, even as a kid, you didn't want us too close. And it's like, it's just hard to detangle in this movie. Like what is pretty like basic homophobia and what is him being a psycho <laughs> like as far as like why does he have a weird relationship with the mom it's just kind of i don't know yeah. it's it's a lot agree what hummed you up i have a, a very specific hummer i could say Go for um it. which is this expression that i have said for a very long time which is yeah for scuzz and i didn't know that i said that which means like yeah, like just because, right? Like it's for scuzz. And I didn't realize that Sarah had taught me that and that she had learned it from this movie. What? That Robert says that when he's at the table and like, they're like, why do you do that? And he's like, for scuzz or something like that. What does it mean? Like, just because? Just because. No. And like, like for shits and giggles. Movie, I was like, oh yeah, that's like something that everybody says. But then I realized they don't, but I thought everybody said that because I've said it for a long time because Sarah taught it to me. 
Well, what so, a crazy tie-in. That's I know. amazing. So that's my that's my Hummer because I'm like, oh, that's fun. That my friend taught me that. And this movie is part of your like cultural makeup. Yeah, but I didn't even know. That's cool. That's a real hidden gem. Booyah, um, my my Hummer is not nearly as special as that. Um, but it's like a splitsy Hummer between Anne Bancroft and Geraldine Chaplin. Because I just enjoyed both of them so much. I think Anne Bancroft, like, I think she just seems like such a fun character and mother to hang out with. I think she does an amazing job. And then um, I think Geraldine Chaplin, too. And, like, specifically, <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, they drive her back to the house. And she's like, um, oh, no. Do you want, no, you want to say it? No, no, no. Say it, say it, say it. Well, I don't know if it's your Hummer. I don't know if this is what you're going to say. Sure it is, yeah. But she comes back and she's like, my safety lights on again oh magic <laughs> and i love it like oh god and then she and then Hallie hunter is like um my safety lights on again magic and then she's like uh do you need your keys and she's like no i leave it unlocked <laughs> it's like what i don't know the whole thing is bananas and i love it and i'm sorry i'm really sorry philip i stole your homework yeah that was that was gonna be it uh although i will say when i moved back um or when I first moved to like just outside of DC and like Virginia, we never locked our house mainly because we were just too incompetent or too lazy to remember our keys and stuff like that. And yeah. So yeah, we just, they, we were like 22 year old guys nice. in a, all in a house. So there was like, there's nothing there for, for anyone to steal. So we just never locked it. I don't know if I would recommend it in Charles Village. <laughs> no, no. This was in like Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, so. Right, right, right. Um, I, I, I'll say my Hummer is just uh, Holly Hunter. You know, I didn't always like her character in this movie, but she always has this energy and I don't know, you know, brings something to it that just is endearing. It's great. It's nuanced in its own yeah. ways for, for every single character she does. So she gets the like lifetime achievement award and it, it shows up in this, this Hummer. Oh, you gave her a lifetime achievement award? Well, no, I'm just saying I'm, I'm probably, you know, it was in this character, but it's also yeah. been in all of her characters. That we are done. simultaneously watching Succession at this time, which oh, yeah, yeah. Like her character in that is so awesome. She's just so capable. She's just yep. really She's great. very good. She's very good. I could see her character in this becoming that character. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, starting out. Yeah, for sure. All right. It's time to decide if it's for real. I can go first. <sighs> okay. Go ahead. You keep on it a little bit. So... I love holiday movies. Like, in fact, I'm really excited for this season um, just because like, you know, we're still in a pandemic and I'm like, I get to like turn to some of these like classics and things I love. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker for the Hallmark movies. They're just so cheesy and silly. This one, I'm not, I'm still not going to add to my repertoire. It doesn't give me the warm feelings. It doesn't make me feel festive. It does not make me want to eat turkey. No. That being said, I am going to say it's for real, even though I don't want to watch it again and have the nostalgia. I think the, you know, it has a lot of strong acting in it. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is a wackadoodle. Like to do what he did, I don't know. He's fascinating to watch, like we said. Um, 
I think if you just remove the love story, like, and it's a story about a family and dysfunction and struggles and like everybody has their own neuroses and the things that they do to survive, then I'm, I think it, it has some, some long lasting qualities to it. So I'm going to give it a for real. I'll go next. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, sure. I'll, I'll go. I'm going to say something very similar. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I watched it. I definitely don't really ever want to watch it again. Um, it's just not my type of movie. Um, and I think it, it felt very modern to me. Like I was, if this had come out in like 2008, I wouldn't have been surprised. Um, it just it had that sort of mumblecore feel to it. Um, we're old, but yeah, probably five was a long time ago. It was a very yeah. long time ago, but it's just like it, it felt like it could have come out in the last couple of years yeah. and it had it that different well. style. Like I, I compared like this sort of energy of some of the different things to like the uncut gems, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. watch that. That was great. I don't want to watch it again. I like that right. one a lot more than I like this one. Um, but I mean, for some people, this is their style and they like movies like this. And as Bridget said, there's a lot to love. So yeah, if this is your thing. Um, go out and watch it. If it's not, steer way so yeah i think it is for real i don't ever want to see it again but (laughs) yeah i think i i'm yeah i was a little on the fence of like it is hard to detangle like what is for real versus like liking and enjoying (laughs) a movie but i agree like i didn't i didn't necessarily enjoy the watch uh i'm the only one of the pair that stayed up in the whole movie uh annie i see you fell asleep during it um i will say that the way that homophobia is portrayed was like actually uncomfortable to watch a little bit yeah. like as a as a gay couple in bed like it's like oh great but um yeah like as much as like i don't need to see it and i knew that kind of too because i remember re-watching it and be like Ugh. um but i also do think it's real and actually mumblecore kind of is one of my favorite genres so like the, the art house mumblecore it almost feels i could tell it was like a directorial debut in a way like like I could see what she was trying to do and yeah. I don't know I'm it was like it'd be like oh I'm excited to see what this director does next um I don't know I actually don't know if she directed anything um but yeah, I, I do think stuff. okay right so I do think I also think it's for real but I don't have to watch the movie for a very long time <laughs> all right um I was really struggling with a song for this movie I was <laughs> couldn't really think of one but i ended up going with going with one um in particular i just gotta find my uh my dj equipment again all right are we ready yeah i'm excited That's Paul Anka, Puppy Love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. I think that song has such a like nostalgic sound to it. And I think there is a lot of like nostalgia in this movie and people for better or for worse, the family like grappling with that. So what is Puppy Love? It just is just pup because you love everything. When a you're young pup. love. Yeah. No, it's like two like well, I know, teenagers like, what it are is, in love and they just don't know any love. better. Because it's like young, because puppies uh, are young, I think, right? Okay. 
Um, I will say, in, right. It's like a honeymoon with love, I suppose. I um, I will say in all the singing that happened in this movie, the father has the best voice. Like he's singing something that I can't even remember on the way back to the airport. I'm like, oh, he can actually sing. Um, I think I did. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this that couldn't sing. Dylan McDermott can't. And I did enjoy Robert Downey Jr. being like, I know you're doing a thing, but like, please stop. This is terrible. I enjoyed that. Well, the the dad I think is a dancer is like the the actor is a dancer oh, yeah. as well. Like he's a multi he's like a very renaissance man actor. Interesting. Sort of thing. Yeah, he can definitely um, carry a tune. One other thing I so I looked it up and so it's in 1995 Jodie Foster directed Home for the Holidays, didn't direct anything else till 2011 where she directed The Beaver which was oh, that Mel Gibson, With Mel Gibson. Gibson. Ooh, like rough. right Man. after all of his troubles where he oh, has his good. puppet sort of thing and she's directed a bunch of TV but like yeah. um, in 1991 directed Little Man Tate and that was oh, the yeah. only other movie I used to like that so, yeah. movie I did want to mention that the guy that plays Jack um, you know just for like one scene is um oh, what oh right is his yeah name? i couldn't place him um well he's in girls he plays the editor oh. lena dunham's editor in girls um okay. but he's john cameron mitchell who originated hedwig and the angry inch oh. so he's like a very famous oh. actor yeah okay he looks yeah he, that makes sense that makes sense that's cool he's yeah. also uh the editor in a different show budge oh um, um wait 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 shrill do you actually oh, yes. know the editor in Shrill? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the boss. Okay. Because I knew that that guy too. was in uh, Hedwig, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just okay. like, can't yeah. get okay. away from playing an editor. Yeah, I know. It's kind of the same character <laughs> as his girl's character, for sure. Well, thanks, Katie, for the suggestion. <laughs> and thanks, Sarah V, for sharing your love of this movie. Thank and- you, Sarah V. I'm so glad you had it on DVD and you had something to put the DVD in that you could watch it on. Yeah. <laughs> And it's the holidays, so pod fans get tell us what your favorite like childhood, not the ones that we know, you know, everybody's seen. I kind of like yeah. that you picked this, Katie, because we hadn't seen it and yeah. it's off it, the beaten path. Off the beaten path. So like we we know that we know the standards. We're not gonna talk about home alone. We're not gonna talk about national lampoons. I mean, those are like, you know, yeah, for real. classics. Yeah. Or it's all if there's life. other ones you like from your childhood, let us know. Dave L. And, in those recommendations. Gremlins yeah, Gremlins 2 has been mentioned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Till next time. See ya. Toodaloo.